For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? We're good, man. Another day, another podcast with Mr. Law, Judge, Jury, Executioner, <laughs> Calvin Barrett. Do they call you Judge Dredd? Like, what do they call you? No, they just call me Sheriff Calvin Barrett. And that's all right. I'm okay with that. There's, uh... <laughs> Dude, how cool is it that you're the sheriff of Madison? Dane County. Uh, don't get it wrong. Oh, Dane County. Sorry. I don't know the terms all the time. Yeah. Usually I'm running from the police, not talking to them. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. A, it's a blessing. It's uh, it, it is surprising. You know, I, I never thought I'd be here when we were running around, you know, in Camp Randall playing football. I never thought I'd be this far, but uh, it, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a blessing. Um, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy being a, you know, a positive influence and a representation of my profession, but also two badges, right? You know, we do great things when we come here. And I think that's something that uh, it's important for all future badgers and their parents to realize uh, that it's more than just what we do at UW, but what they prepare us to do once we move out of there, which is great. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. For all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who have you got in the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Dude, Matt Perkins, you don't know that this guy almost made the hammer obsolete when he re- when I wrestled him one day. <laughs> Calvin was a phenomenal wrestler and like Pony, Pony, why, why were you going to the mat with him? Dude, I said I would never go on the dub and wrestle anyone. And I don't know, Calvin, you're like the most positive dude. I don't know what you did. I think I was just one day like, let me see what I could do. I have no wrestling background at all. And Calvin whooped my butt. I mean, like in three seconds, like he got his arm somewhere. And then all of a sudden I was looking around and no one's helping. And I was on the ground. Yeah. Good time. I wish we had video of that because you had that scared puppy look. Once uh, I put these paws on you a little bit, but uh, the only time I've been scared in my entire life was Calvin Barrett on the W just pile driving me. Um, (laughs) That was the last final time I was ever like, 
I'm never wrestling anyone ever again. Uh, so was, that, <laughs> it, was that in McLean? It was in the uh, locker room. Yep. Oh, okay. Because yep. when people would get into fights, we would say, let's settle it on the dub. But Calvin, we weren't in a fight. We no. just, I just like, oh, let me see what I got. Let's, let's see what I can it. do. It. And it was, it was a mistake. It was, oh, it was a wrap. And I don't um, know if you, but I still hear Taz yelling, meet me on the dub. Yeah. Meet me on the dub. Yeah. yeah, but he wasn't, ye- he wasn't yelling at anyone bigger. He was yelling at guys smaller than him. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's too funny. But it's really, that's 100% the truth. You really did. Out of everyone in, I think, the world, you whooped my butt, man. Uh, well, wrestling was, uh, was a big part of my background and my success, and I, I enjoyed doing it. Uh, like I said, I wish we had that on video because I'd love to see that video again. That was I would never love to see that video. <laughs> um, well, well, speaking of your background, you know, you have been a a pillar of the Madison community for 20 plus years now, but you are not from uh, Wisconsin. Originally you're from California, I believe. Correct. Yeah, that is correct. I'm from San Diego, California, specifically spring Valley, uh, which is right next to our, our biggest rival in high school was uh, Reggie Bush uh, and Alex Smith's high school. He looks Highlander. So they were our big rival crosstown rival. So a California boy here in Wisconsin, and I'm loving it. Dude. So how do, how do you get from, one, let when when does little Calvin become big Calvin? Because you are a large human being. <laughs> well, it happened, I would say, between fifth and sixth grade. I literally remember going to bed with uh, and waking up. It, that's what it seemed like. And I grew probably 11 inches and gained 75 to 100 pounds like, like that. I got contact lenses. I could see the ball better. I started playing baseball better. Uh, you know, none of my clothes fit. And that summer was uh, the game changer. It's it's I've probably been the same height, you know, since that time. And uh, life has been completely different after that growth spurt. So thank you. Thank you. The man. <laughs> <upstairs>. <laughs> did you put a did you put a quarter in one of those carnival uh, like yeah. guys? And all of a sudden you wake up, you're like big. You're like, what's his yeah. name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like big. if I would have done that, I would have asked to be six, five and not six, <laughs> one. Right. Because six. I was a magic height, right? You know how short I am in the huddle. You know that. <laughs> but 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 as like a human being, you're not short at all. That's what my dad said. He's like, dude, when you run out there and you're standing in the huddle, you're a little you're a little out there compared to like you know. Well, first Ben Johnson was in the huddle, like you know that yep. that dude was like six six. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we'll come back to the Johnsons because it's interesting that Al's back in in town and. Now he's, he's, you, you were lining up. So Kevin, let's go back. I don't want to like jump ahead real quick. Cause then yeah. I always, my brain gets bananas wherever we go. Um, so, so how did, when did football come into your life? Well, I was blessed. Football came into my life, my freshman year of high school. I was always too big to play football for Pop Warner in San Diego. They had a weight limit uh, at that time. So I was always too big. My first love was baseball. It was my dad's love. Um, and I was really good at baseball. I enjoyed it. That's all I did. And high school came and they uh, went out to put on pads for the first time. And uh, it, w- it was a blessing. It was it was the best time of my life. It really was. So so then so you started early. I mean, not early, actually late in late. pretty late because I started third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to wear the double X because I was so heavy. They're like, this guy can only play one, two positions. When did and when did wrestling come into because you really are. A good as we joke are yeah. a really good wrestler yeah that came my freshman year too we had a, a, a you know one of the best wrestling programs in the state um and uh, the wrestling coach would look just like mickey from uh from rocky yeah old 
I, you know, messed up ears, ready to wrestle. And he came up to me in the, in the hallways one time and said, you're going to be a great wrestler. You're going to come out. And at that time, I'm thinking, ah, no, spandex, singlet, wrestling another 260 pound. I don't know. <laughs> but I went out. Uh, he, he was able to lure me. He said, you could be on varsity because we don't have a heavyweight. So I'm thinking varsity equals letterman jacket. Letterman jacket as a freshman? <laughs> it might be worth baller. this thing. Yeah. yeah and I picked it up. I was, you know, quick. Explosive, you know, I was always been mean, you know, especially when it comes to, um, you know, athletics and, and competing and, and that that competitive side of me kicked in, and it just it clicked for me. Being able to leverage speed, quickness, aggression, that you know, it just was it clicked and it uh, really complemented my football game too. So they really worked well together, and it's why I saw the success I did on uh, in, in athletics. So, and and do you think being like a well rounded playing baseball, uh, wrestling helped football? Absolutely. I think baseball helps with number one, hand-eye coordination, balance, also IQ, understanding, being able to pick up pitches quickly, being able to see little things um, in the delivery of the pitcher that help you and give you that competitive advantage when you're hitting um, control of your body, pitching on that pitcher's mound as big as I was balancing and exploding, you know, the, the hip action from swinging, the hip action from pitching. Um, you know, opening up the hips and moving when you're in the outfield, understanding leverage on ground balls, that all complemented football. And then adding wrestling to that really helped too with the the close come, you know, the close quarter combatants, that one-on-one battle that we took every time we were taking on uh, another player in a play just really complemented very well. So so how did Wisconsin even get on like your radar? <laughs> It is crazy. I'm going to tell you this. I honestly, when I first started hearing from it was Coach Brian White, which I'm sure you know very well, reached out. He came to my high school looking for a safety, Harlan Edison, who was a good friend of mine and recently just passed away last week. So rest in peace. Sorry about that. But yeah, but uh, uh, Coach White came looking for Harlan. And when you watch our football team, you couldn't miss me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, whoa. Who is 58? And that's when it was, you know, that's when it it took off. But I didn't really know. I I thought Wisconsin was up, you know, in the Northeast. I I remember seeing a highlight of Ron Dane being a 260-pound running back running on that green AstroTurf. I remember that from, like, 1997. And uh, it just, it all took from there. Once I came on my recruiting trip, it was a wrap. I knew this is where I wanted to be. So what was your your (laughs) official visit like? Man, it was awesome. Well, first, my mom had to take me shopping because I had zero winter clothes. I came in the the winter of two, the winter of ninety nine when they were preparing for the bowl game, and so I didn't have a hat, I didn't have gloves, I didn't know what a down jacket was, I didn't really have, I didn't have boots because I'm from San Diego. You know, we were in board shorts and t shirts all the time. Um, so it was just a. a I came. Um, I met everyone. And, and I really compare it to my visit to Ohio State. And, you know, Ohio State is a great program, a lot of good things there. But when I went there, I didn't see the cohesion of the teammates like I did at Wisconsin, right? I met the Heisman Trophy winner. We went we went and partied at this. <laughs> we went and partied at this, this, the smallest, dustiest house in Madison. But we were all together. Heisman Trophy winner, starters, freshmen, we were there having a good time. And that's when I knew how important, how special that Badger bond was. And that's why I chose Wisconsin over Ohio State, which, you know, my my, my Buckeyes give me a hard time. That, that doesn't happen a lot, especially when it comes to football. But it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. 
Who's your um not sponsor, but who is your who what took you around? Your host. My, your host. Yes, my host was Jamal Wilson. He was a wide receiver. Um, he took me to or he lived in the region at the time. Uh, Jamal ended up transferring to Purdue. He was a wide receiver, and it was the best time of my life. Um uh, I, don't, I can't say exactly where we went, but we had a good time. We focused on studies and the library and uh, everything. A, yeah. An 18 year old boy coming in with everything like laid out on a platter. Yeah, I, I listen. I remember what Helen C looks like. I, yeah, of course. You know, of course. Our study hall. That's why yeah. it was a great time. And again, it was the cohesion of the players, the love. And that's that's what gets you through those tough times as a Badger. When you're first going to, to seminary, to camp, when you're getting yelled at by JP, you know, Coach Palermo or Coach Huber, you know, it's the teammates and the brotherhood that help you get through those tough times. And that's what I remember. I remember the good times more than anything else. Those bad times come and go. But, uh, you know, just remembering the fun that we had in the locker room, meet me on the dub, you know, riding around double scooting two 300-pound guys on a, on a moped. You know, going to Wando's for a fish fry like that. That's that's the greatness of it. And that's something that I'll never forget. So this is a bit of a tangent from that. But I, one of the things I want to ask you, because you, you mentioned sort of that camaraderie and forgetting about the bad times, remembering the good times mm-hmm. with so many guys like transferring now. Do you think we're losing that in college yeah. football? And do you think that it's a, why do you think that, that, that what's caused that in your opinion? Right. Well, I think it was, you know, there's been a, you know, Coach Alvarez always talks about the pendulum, right? The pendulum of momentum swinging. And I think for so long in college football, the pendulum was to schools and really was swayed away from athletes in regards to the financial side of things. Now I see it starting to swing that other way. And I'm hoping eventually it'll settle in that middle like a typical pendulum does after time. Uh, But I think there is there. I learned that the values, everything that I take and do now as the sheriff, difficult times, adjusting, uh, discipline, working through stress, I learned at UW. I came in and started my truth of my redshirt freshman year. I was the starting offensive guard, right? I was starting next to uh, Al Johnson was to my left. Uh, Jason Jowers was to my right. Brooks Bollinger was my quarterback. Dan Benning was the left guard. Ben Johnson was the left tackle. And I lost my starting spot after six games. Jimmy Kennedy for Ohio um, uh, for Penn State demolished me, uh, and there actually I found the YouTube video, and the the damn tab for the YouTube video is me on the ground and Jimmy tackling Brooksy. So uh, that is actually still out there to this day. But I lost my starting spot to my best friend and, and, and you know Jonathan Klingscale, who's a firefighter here in Madison, and I could have transferred at that time if I was going through now. But learning to fight through that and finding value and being disciplined and, and working hard, I ended up finding value on the defensive side of the ball. And that is something that has taken me farther in life. And I think that's what we'll really be missing with the opportunity to transfer it and get into that transfer portal. Calvin, you bring up one of my favorite people. You mentioned Clink. <laughs> Your class was a special class. I, I just I just love almost every person out of your class. Uh-huh. What do you think your class like did for Wisconsin football? I mean, Man. I can't I, name name as many guys as you can. I can't name that many, but I clink. You had um, was it Aiello was part of that? Brian Aiello. We had a how Chris- many dudes came from California? Dude, after the back to back Rose Bowls, it put Wisconsin on the map. Oh, that so makes sense. The nine Rose Bowl, the two thousand Rose Bowl. Now all of these LA, all of these Pasadena, where clinks from, San Diego kids are like. 
whoa, because I, uh, Brian Aiello was from San Diego. Mm-hmm. Chris Catalano was from California. Clink was from Pasadena. Um, uh, Espy, Adam Espinoza was a kicker from Arcade. I mean, that is where that came from. And it is, you know, matter of fact, on Sunday, I was at an event with Charles uh, Callens, Chuck. Chucky. Uh, yeah, Chuck is in town. He was there for uh, a school uh, football uh, event there in Cross Plains, and they had the actual poster of us up. And it was really cool. That's cool. So, great times, great people. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all great, great people right now. So it's awesome. Was Benning you part of your class too? Oh yeah. Dan came in, Daniel came in, uh, Joe Chose was there. I mean, it was, it, we had. Was a, AD? AD, Anthony Davis was there. Jerome Pettis came I mean, you're talking about some of like, wait, but, and half the D line was your year too. The, the other. Efferson, uh, Jonathan Welsh. Um, we had I was mean, Erasmus. It, Erasmus came into. We were all roommates. Trayson Lewis, you remember T. Yeah. Lou? Tra- <laughs> yeah. so we had <laughs> Trayson was an interesting guy. Yes, very. So he was a we, California dude. Yeah, California. And, so you uh, get from, you you get some weird raps when you get yeah. you got like a guy like Trayson. You're like, ah, oh, Cali's a little weird. And then you get a Calvin Barry. You're like, okay, you talk about that pendulum. Like it kind of evens out the normalcy. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> But, you know, Trayson was from Rancho Cucamonga, California. So he went to Rancho Cucamonga High School and uh, he was great. He was my roommate uh, for several years. Uh, so was Erasmus and Jason Jefferson in the towers. And we had a blast. and We just had a great time. I, but you're talking about guys, pretty much every single one of, of your class played a lot of football at, mm-hmm. in, on the team. I mean, that's substantial if you really think about it. Absolutely. And we, I mean, they were tough too. You know, I, I look at football now and I hear, you know, I see guys that, you know, starters missing a game for a foot or for a back. No one missed the daggone game when I was a reserve. Clink played every game. Dan played every game. I was behind both of them, all Big Ten guards. Then I go to defense. You got Jason Jefferson and Antosh Hawthorne. They never missed a play for a, a shoe being untied. So yeah. I'm looking at football now like, man, I could have got a start. Like, I could have played a whole game without having – just a different time. We were built different. Maybe it was what we were fed or how we were raised, but we just re- really didn't have those smaller injuries that we see now uh, in college football. But it's crazy because we've talked to some guys um, like the Chanel brothers who are so, they eat well, they work out, they stretch, they do all these things. Now they haven't, they've had some bouts with injuries here or there, but you're right though. Like we either had like debilitating injuries that you could <laughs> never come back from or yes. nothing else. Nothing, right? Like, <laughs> I, I don't remember a sprained ankle. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying from those guys, you know, I just, it was, yeah. it was just, but, you know, the nutrition was, was different, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just a different time. So, right, so Calvin, so you, so you, you say that after 16, first off, Jimmy Kennedy's from my neck of the woods and <laughs> you shouldn't be ashamed. He was like one of the best dudes to come out of Westchester, New York. So um, I would not take that. Listen, I've been blown up by a lot of guys too. Not Jimmy Kennedy like, so so don't worry. But uh, you know who else was on his defensive line too? Uh, is uh, he's 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 a oh he's a funny guy now. He's got all the funny videos. Um, he played for the Chicago Bears. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's he's got a, a YouTube channel and he he does all these funny videos about basketball and being a parent. I can't remember what his name is. I'll remember later but they had they had a great squad they had a great squad back they then. did have a great squad mm-hmm. right so so what you, you mentioned the switch what triggered that you know you, 
Also, Calvin, let me preface everything we talk about with you are the most positive human being in the, in the world. I was thinking about this today. I was like, I've Calvin, I think you're just like me. Like people want to be around you. You're always smiling. You're always having a good time. Like nothing gets you down or that people see, dude, you were coached by two of the hardest people to even be in a room, to be in a stadium with. And you got coached by both of them, yeah. which, and I, and I, I, I mean, I respect that more than anything because you took a grind. I remember sitting there and AD and I'd be like, oh my God, like just get off of them. Let them, you know, like, let them live. Um, but what was that? What was that that after your after your retro for your freshman year? Retro freshman. Yes, retro freshman year. What, what happened? What made this the switch happen? Like what made that come to fruition? And like, were you happy about it? Were you sad? Yeah, well, number one, I was crushed, you know, because I, I figured, you know, if I'm starting as a redshirt freshman and I play, you know, I start four years for Wisconsin, I, I should have a good shot to make, uh, you know, an NFL team. That's what I thought my future was going to be. Uh, but I'm very, you know, uh, religious. I, I believe in that everything happens for a reason. And I was able to find who I was as a person and, and, and dig deep down in my soul and realize the potential that was there. But also it kept me hungry. Right. Mm-hmm. How I am right now, I really understand that if we, if I don't humble myself, life will humble me for me. And I wasn't humble. I was a starter. I had a little swag. You know, I'm a bad badger. And and I didn't realize I had Jonathan Clinkscale looking over me, hungry as hell from Pasadena, California. And Clint took that spot and never looked back. So that is something that happened to me early in life. And that's what I take with me as a sheriff now, whether I'm campaigning or whether I'm doing things. I always have to be humble, right? You see my wall in my office. You notice my wall has nothing on it. I got my Badger jersey, which is right there. Nothing is on my wall because at this point, I've only been appointed to the sheriff position. I have not been elected. I want to earn this position. And once I've been elected at the end of this uh, year, then I will put things on my wall. Why? Because I know if I don't humble myself, life will humble me for me. And so those are all of the things that I learned um, as a, you know, from that experience of starting being at the top of the mountain, being at the bottom, but also fighting back and finding value. And I think that was the key. And that's what I really learned was to make sure that no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing, I will be valuable, whether it's on offense or defense, whether it's at sheriff, whether it's at police chief, whether it's at governor, I'm going to find value in what I'm doing. Quick you interjection, the awesome. Penn State player you're looking for is Anthony Adams. Anthony Adams. That's exactly who I'm looking for. Anthony Adams. And he's got these hilarious YouTube shows. And he is <laughs> awesome. And he was a true monster at nose tackle. He was good. So, Kevin, how do you take... I just don't know how you do it. Because you were... I mean, Coach White was such a nice... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got on you and he got after you, but like in a very respectful way, at least I think, and in a joking way, kind of like coach Mason, you right. know, like they, like, dude, some of the stuff that Hubes and JP said to me, like really got the knife deep in there. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me almost like five years to like, get to like, be okay. Like, I don't even, sadly, I don't even really, I, I, not saying I would just rather not be around them. And that <laughs> that's not normal in my world. Right. Um, right. So I just, you know, like, how do you stay who you are, like through that whole process and the switch and being crushed? Like, I'm in awe of you because I remember being there and just be like, man, look at this guy. Like he <laughs> smiles. It's snowing with 10 feet of, you know, snow on the ground. 
his scooter's not working and this dude's making jokes and smiling. Like how on earth do you become, how are you, you? No, I think, like I said, I think it's life and, and, and what's happened again. You know, my father passed away in front of me when I was young, when I was uh, t- uh, 12 years old, he passed away in front of me and my two-year-old sister. So I've always learned to see the joy in life and realize that life is precious and it can be taken from us at any moment. And every second I spent upset or angry or complaining about what's happened in the past, I could have spent that time being positive and being productive. And I think that's the key in everything. You are right. JP and Hughes were brutal. If brutal. they did what they did now, they would not be in coaching. I'm telling you, there's no way. They're in the cell in your building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's ch- called child abuse, Calvin. <laughs> the thing is, we were adults and we took it. Right, it took it, but as a parent now with two daughters that play sports, I said, if anyone talked to me, my kids like that, there'd be an issue. But I, I just saw the message in what they were doing. I saw it as them trying to get the best out of me, and I really learned that from Jake Sprague, because I remember Jake Sprague was 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 Jake. Jake was uh Jake, Jake was Jake, but Jake, we got into a scuffle at practice, and I remember on the field that you know we got into a scuffle, pushing, yelling, tackling. And I remember his locker was next to mine. And I remember spending walking from 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 the field to the locker room thinking, how am I going to show Jake that I'm mean? (laughs) Boy, so I'm I come down with my pads and I'm like, okay, I got to show him I'm tough. And I'm I sit down with my pads next to him and I look at him mean like I'm ready to go again. He's like, dude, what are you doing? What happens on the field stays on the field. We're going to be boys. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah." that I took that same approach to coaching too, that they're going to be coaches. They're going to do what they do on the field, off the field. It should be a different uh, mindset. And I think that's what it was. But uh, again, was it hard? Absolutely. It was uh, an absolute grind mentally, physically, and emotionally. Um, But I think that's what made me who I am today. And it's what made me as tough as I am. That's why I'm able to uh, deal with being a sheriff and the politics and a lot of things that come with being in this position. Do you think that ability to sort of not like switch your mind off has been, you know, has led to, I don't want to say the downfall of some guys, but has really like, uh, have there been guys that you've been around who haven't been able to sort of turn that switch off from being on the field to when they're off the field? Yeah, I think it, it takes, it takes experience. I think it takes maturity. I think it takes mentorship, but it, it takes the culture, right? The culture is what tells us what's right and what's wrong. I have relationships with Bernie, with uh, Danny Kay, with Marcus, um, Oh, what's Marcus's last name? Uh, Coleman? Coleman. Uh, uh, with Joe Thomas, who I'm going to be doing an event with here in a couple of weeks, because Bill Ferrario and Casey Robbuck didn't, didn't hound me as a freshman. They took care of me. They created that culture that I passed along to those youngsters. And that's why Joe Thomas and I are good friends 20 years later because of that. So it's really the culture and who you bring in which dictates how we treat each other, which dictates really the the entire environment of the team. Have you brought in any of those, have you, or at least have you tried to implement any of those ideas around sort of large culture into the work you're doing now as a sheriff, you have to run a sheriff's department. So I'm sure that, you know, there are definitely things that you can take from what you learned as a football player are, you know, what are any of those that you potentially are doing? Absolutely. Number one, bringing everything in the mindset that leadership starts at the top. I am the face of this, uh, of our sheriff's office and everything I lead by example, 
right? A, a, a lot of times there are leaders that talk about things, but I lead by example. My positivity carries on. There's nothing better than hearing positive, saying hi. All of the things that we do, all of the things that I've learned are being applied here. And it's so important that the culture starts at the top. What's right and what's wrong, what's accepted and what's not accepted depends on every decision that myself and my team makes. And we have to set that culture. It takes time to evolve a culture because really when you come in, you're not really completely changing it. You're evolving it to fit the new leader that's coming into the position. And that's why it's so important that we set the culture from the top down. Handwritten notes, handshakes, saying hi to everyone, walking through, being a part, being there during the tough times, bringing bottled water to our deputies when they're working traffic on a hot day. Those are the things that help build those relationships and create trust in my intentions and my leadership. And those are all things I learned at UW. Sounds like, like a new coach coming in. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're lucky to have Barry. So you you basically could take all the lessons from like one of the best CEOs to, to change a culture, you know, like buy your tickets now or you're not going to get any. Like that's crazy stuff to me. Right. Um, it yeah. really is. So it's kind of cool that you're taking all these like football characteristics and bringing it to now outside of like the violence and, and all that you're taking, you're bringing the, the positive good stuff to, to police work, I think is, is huge, but Kevin, let's go, let, let, let's go back. After, so like, we'll go quickly. Cause I, we're at a, a time constraint, but after football ended, what got you in? Like, was it before, like what got you into police work? Well, so first, my father was a law enforcement officer. He was a San Diego County Marshal, which is now the San Diego County Sheriff's Office in San Diego. So I grew up helping him, playing with his handcuffs, all of that stuff uh, in the 90s. He passed away in 1995. And at his funeral is when I saw the presentation of the flag to my mom, when I heard the bagpipes, when I saw all of those police officers from all over the West Coast come and pay their respects to my father at his funeral. So that's where it really started. Now, right after college, I was a middle school teacher uh, at at a private school and coaching football, Liberty Christian School. Shout out to the Warriors uh, in Argyle, uh, uh, Texas, which is right outside the DFW uh, Metroplex. And I was a middle school teacher there. And uh, my wife wanted to come back here to Wisconsin. So I applied to be a, a Dane County Sheriff. Um, and I got hired in 2009 and uh, it was a, it was a blessing. Um, I, I realized I wanted to be, I wanted to be a part of, uh, of something, a family, a culture that I learned was really important then, but also I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to protect, I wanted to serve and services. There's nothing greater than serving and putting other people in front of yourself. And that's what really got me into this position. And I was blessed to work my way up from the sheriff's office to the Sun Prairie Police Department. Then I was teaching on the academic side at Madison College and training them, which I really brought in You know, a lot of things I learned at, uh, as a Badger as well to the training aspect of it. And then I was blessed to be appointed last year. So really just following the path that, guy, that God leads us on, uh, but also being prepared. Right. Uh, being prepared for anything that may happen um, and, uh, you know, being humble is key, too. You were also I believe you're the first African-American uh, sheriff in Dane County, if I'm not mistaken. So first yes. of all, congratulations. And what has that meant to you and your family? Man, it means the world because I do have biracial children and for them to see me in this position, for them to see me on TV. And it extends to more than just my family, but to every other person that looks like me, every other kid, like my hairstyle. Right. I used to be bald as Bernie. I never really had hair. Well, there was that one 
here in 01 where we all had braids and cornrows, but I never really had hair. But I'm growing my hair out because a young a, a young kid looked at me one time and said, man, I, I can't I can't be a police officer. I, I got to cut my hair off. I can't have dreads. And I said, yes, you can. You can be whatever you want. And your hairstyle is not going to limit what you can and what you want to be. So my hair, the earrings, the way I carry myself, the text, all of the things that I have is to be there that positive influence and mentor for everyone who is going through whatever they're going through in life to look at me and say, hey, I can be that person. I can look like that person and be there. And it's the greatest feeling in the world. Listen, don't just say for people like you, I'm proud of you. Like, <laughs> dude, I am so proud when I when I read these things and see it on LinkedIn and Facebook. Like, dude, you're like you're one of my brothers, man. This is so special of what you're doing. And and I think it's dude, you're making history like you just made history. So and also, I think it's really cool because, you know, your father did it, too. And so mm-hmm. now you're following almost in his footsteps is it must be so special for you. It is. It is. And he I uh, have his uh, uh, cross uh, that was my mom gave to him almost 30 years ago. I wear that and I've worn that every day that I've been the sheriff here. My dad is with me with every meeting and every decision. That's his flag up there. That's his badge. It's a plaque that they gave uh, me as well. And then there's a picture of him and I on there. So he's with me with every decision. And uh, it's really like when we talk about that, like when the, the name on my uniform, Barrett, Sheriff Barrett doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. It belongs to my children. It belongs to you who, you know, and my friends and everyone who's who supported me and that trust in what I do. It belongs. And that's why I come to work every day. I work these long hours and uh, I, I just enjoy serving my community. That's I, I, listen, I love it. So so what what's going on now? You're you're campaigning. Mm-hmm. Take us through. Like, well, I, I don't know anything about a sheriff campaigning or just about politics in general. So yeah. take me through that. Yeah, so it's that's different. I am uh, currently in my sheriff uh, office right now, and I'm using county uh, wide. So I can't really talk about the campaigning stuff. Sorry, but it is. It's uh, it's an aspect of of what happens. You know, I'm, I'm the the best part about this is being uh, put here by the people. And while many police chiefs answer to a mayor and have a police and fire commission, I am blessed with the opportunity to represent an answer to all 560,000 residents of Dane County. And they have the authority to vote me out every four years. And that is the true value. So I can't focus on one group. I have to focus on the city of Madison as well as our rural counties because Madison has around 256,000 people. The other 250,000 plus are in our rural communities. And they're the bread and butter of what we do here at the sheriff's office. That's where our main patrol focus is. And that's why it's just a blessing to be here and to and uh, to earn the support of the people, because that is the best part of service and being here as the sheriff. Dude, are, do you will one day be the mayor? <laughs> no, I will not be the mayor. No, come on, man. We uh, he's going for governor. We know that. <laughs> yeah, life is. Uh, I, I I am just enjoying every opportunity to learn about leadership, to learn about you know building and, and strengthening a culture, building relationships, solving problems, maintaining the peace through evidence based decision making. Uh, and procedural justice is our mission statement here at the sheriff's office, and that's what I'm here to do. Where life takes me from here, I don't know. But I'll, I'll enjoy the ride and be happy and smile the whole way through it. <laughs> Senator Barrett has a nice ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does. It's got a nicer. You will be smiling through it. Listen, you know what you should do? You should just wrestle all your your uh, your opponents. Going to get. It would be a joke. 
I'd bet I'd bet a trillion dollars on you to beat all these dudes. But only <laughs> only, women or only legal places. You would never gamble illegally. I would never gamble. Yes, I would only gamble in New Jersey, I think is OK. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin, let me ask you a, a crazy question then yeah. out of like left field. Yeah. Do you ever think Madison or Wisconsin will legalize marijuana gambling? Gambling is legal or just in certain places? Yeah, it just in certain places uh, uh, here, uh, certain areas that have been designated as being able to gamble. But for the most part, throughout the majority of the state, you cannot. I do believe eventually marijuana will be legalized here. Um, you know, there are, we are taking steps in preparation of that uh, as our sheriff's office, as we uh, have a new canine uh, dog. And that dog will not be trained in detecting marijuana or THC for that anticipation of it eventually being legalized, but also because many of our partners have it legalized for recreational use statewide. So it's really important we see that in the future. I see it as something um, that uh, there needs to be more discussion on because we don't know if it's going to be for medicinal use or for recreational use or for both, what that looks like. But we are preparing for that because it's coming. It really is. It's Dude, how, do, how does law enforcement stay ahead of like certain trends that pop up and some of them are wackaloon, like, you know, eating a pod or whatever. But like, okay. w- w- how do you guys know what's going on and, and stay, stay ahead of some of these things that to me are like outrageously weird? But I don't yeah. you know, like I'm not in that world. Yeah. Number one, it comes down to to our expert and our expertise and us being able to. To be able to adjust on the fly, just like an audible at the line, right? We have to be able to understand exactly what's happening, what's going on. We have to be experts in what we're doing, whether it's detectives, whether it's uh, marine and trail enforcement, the guys that that do our lakes and our trails, or whether it's our crime scene animals. I mean, we have to be great at what we do. We have to be flexible too. You have to be like water. You have to adjust as things come because one thing, you know, times can change, laws can change, and we, we can't be stuck in one mindset or one philosophy, we have to continue evolving because we have two options. We either evolve or we go extinct. And as the sheriff here, I can assure you, we're not going extinct. We're going to evolve. So, Dude, that's fascinating stuff. You're basically a captain of like a football team. Oh, oh absolutely. A captain. Or, or, of, yep. Yeah. So six, <laughs> half, uh, 600 total family members to 600 different personalities and want. It's great. It's, it's really a family here. We're trying to build that. It's a team. And uh, we are only we're only as, we're, we're here for each other. I am nothing without them and vice versa. So it is there's 600 sheriff's uh, deputies or is yeah. that's what you call 470 sworn positions. So actual sworn deputies. And then we have another 118 professional staff. So wow. total 100. it's a lot. It's a lot. Dude, you're a CEO. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, yeah, I'm a, I, I, I'm a part of a chief deputy who really runs the day to day options. His name is Chris Nygaard. He is fantastic. And um, it's almost like the master blaster. Right. He's the mind and the brains. I'm the big guy. Yeah. Walking <laughs> down, you know, he's sitting on my shoulders. You know, it, it's a great relationship. It really takes a team. We have four captains that run all four divisions of our sheriff's office. And we it can't be done without their hard work and their leadership. And I think that's the key. Kevin, that's so cool. Listen, I know we're, we've taken up enough of your time and there's probably three criminals running around now because of, of this 45 minutes, but uh, dude, it's really special to hear your story and, and how you got and, you know, your family history. And thank you for sharing all that you shared. I, I, I wish you the best. I, I wish I could vote. Both of you guys I know have to run. Thank you so much. This was absolutely wonderful. Uh, we're definitely going to have to have you back. 
um, on the show because I feel like we have a lot more stories that need to be told. So, but until next time on Wisconsin. Awesome. And you, you, you can taser Matt Perkins. <laughs> for charity. For charity. For charity. <laughs> for charity. Hey, Calvin, I love you, man. Thank you. Hey, good luck. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein, with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening, and on Wisconsin. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.